They've been very excited, Rob, because we've been saying the backyard bard's coming, mm -hmm. and here you are in the flesh. It's exciting, yeah. isn't it, church? Uh, <laughs> Rob, backyard bard, what, what, what is it? What, what is it that you do? Uh, yeah, the Backyard Bard is a, we're a biblical storytelling theatre company. We started in uh, 2002 with Mark's Gospel. We did that as a, the whole gospel. There were 12 of us. And then we uh, kept on doing it uh, ever since. Um, so what I've uh, been up here doing over the last few days is uh, Luke for the youth group on, uh, on Friday night. Anyone there Friday night? Yeah, what was it like? Great. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then uh, I'm here doing... Um, Oh, yeah, I'm going to be doing storytelling. Oh, yeah, yesterday I ran a workshop teaching people to do biblical storytelling. It's about so 20 plus people learning. Yeah, and uh, we learned stories from Mark. So hopefully there's some people here today for who were there yesterday. Great. Yeah. And tell us, so what about you yourself too, Rob? Are you, yeah. Where do you live and do you have family? And Yeah, sure. I live in uh, Melbourne. Uh, so I came up uh, Friday and I'm going to go away straight after, straight after this this morning. I've uh, got a wife called Simone. Uh, she was part of the, the first team that we did, uh, did Mark's Gospel together. And we, I love doing storytelling with my wife, Simone. Uh, and we've got, just had a little baby called Hannah. So she's six months. I'll show you pictures later if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. And what are you going to do for us today, Rob? What's happening? Uh, this morning I'm going to be doing the book of Ruth and then giving a short talk on it. So it's the whole, the whole of the book, uh, and I really hope you enjoy it. It's uh, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Um, it's one of the ones I tell with uh, my wife, Simone, but I'm here all alone today, so I've had to learn her half of it, and uh, I'll be doing the whole thing by myself today, and then giving a, a short talk afterwards. Great. Very right. good. So we won't so do much. the Bible reading now for your... Bible reading, will we? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> be doing... Be the Bible reading will be most of it and the short talk just a little bit afterwards. Great. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you for coming. We're looking forward to it. Thanks. Well, good day, Gerard, everyone. Uh, so we're, we're going to be... Um, I'm going to be doing a storytelling of the, the whole book of Ruth and one of my aims for today is to encourage you all to go and read um, the, the book again for yourself. Uh, but I don't want to encourage you to do it now. Uh, often uh, during the storytelling, people can uh, uh, re read along with us. And I think you'll, you'll miss all the sort of visual things that I, that I do at the front. So at the moment, just, uh, just have a uh, look at the front and enjoy. And, uh, and please go away and uh, read it for yourself afterwards again. Um, now, just, uh, just before we get started, uh, I just need to let you a little bit know about the translation that I'm using. Uh, the name for God that I'll be using, usually translated Lord in most Bibles, the one in this translation is, um, is Yahweh. So when I say Yahweh, that's, uh, by that I mean uh, God's name that's, that's there in the text. And uh, there's a, a, few, a few sort of, play, oh, there's a few sort of ir subtle ironies with the, the names in the text. You might have to look them up later. So, so Bethlehem is, uh, means house of bread. Uh, which is sort of ironic in the story. But one thing that you need to know is uh, the name Naomi uh, we, means um, pleasant, uh, and the name Mara means bitter. And those names will come up, and uh, uh, that'll make sense when you hear it. Well, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a certain man in Bethlehem of Judah, together with his wife and his two sons. They went to live in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Marlon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah, 
and they came to the land of Moab, and they lived there. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left alone together with her two sons. They took Moabite women as their wives. The name of one was Orpah, the name of the other, Ruth. They lived there about 10 years. And then Marlon and Kilion, the woman's two sons, also died. And the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. And then she arose with her daughters-in-law and left the country of Moab because she had heard while she was in Moab that Yahweh had come to the aid of his people by giving them bread. So she left the place where she was. And she set out with her daughters-in-law on the road back to the country of Judah. Now, as they were going, she said to her daughters-in-law, Go back, my daughters. Go, each of you, to her own mother's house. May Yahweh show kindness to you, just as you have shown kindness to me and to your dead. May Yahweh give each of you rest in the home of another husband. Then Naomi kissed her daughters-in-law, and they lifted up their voices and wept. They said, no, we will go back with you to your people. And Naomi said, go back, my daughters. Why would you want to go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb to be your husbands? No, my daughters, go your own way. I'm too old to have a husband. And even if I should have hope and have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you wait for them to be grown? Would you refrain from marrying for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the hand of Yahweh has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices again and wept. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And, Ruth, uh, and Naomi said to her, See, your, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Go with her. But Ruth said, Stop urging me to leave you and to turn away from following you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May Yahweh deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death parts me from you. Now when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. And they went together on their way to Bethlehem. Now when they arrived at Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, can this be Naomi? And Naomi said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Because Yahweh has dealt very bitterly towards me. I went away full, and Yahweh has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when Yahweh has testified against me? The Almighty has brought calamity upon me. And so Naomi returned from Moab together with Ruth, her daughter-in-law, the Moabites, and they arrived in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side who was a, a prominent wealthy man whose name 
was Boaz. And Ruth said to her mother-in-law, let me go into the field and uh, gather grain after anybody of whom I find favor. And Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So Ruth went and she came to the field and gathered grain after the harvesters. And it so happened that she came to uh, the portion of the field that belonged to Boaz. Now just then, Boaz came and greeted his harvesters. Yahweh be with you. Yahweh bless you, they replied. And Boaz called the foreman of his harvesters and asked, Who is this young lady? And he replied, oh, She is the Moabitess that came back from Moab with Naomi. She asked if she could gather grain with the harvesters, and she's worked solidly from morning to now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz, he said to her, uh, Listen, my daughter, uh, don't go to another field and don't depart from here. But stay here with the, the women that work for me. Keep your eyes on the field and watch the, the men as they're harvesting and follow along with the other women. And whenever you are thirsty, go get yourself a drink from the water jars that the men have filled. Now Naomi, uh, Ruth, she fell with her face to the ground and she said, Why have I found favor in your sight, my lord, since you've taken notice of me, a, a foreigner? And Boaz said to her, it's been told to me about all that you've done for your mother-in-law since the day your husband died. That you left your father and your mother and your homeland and you came to live with a, a people you did not know before. May Yahweh bless you for what you have done and may you be richly rewarded by Yahweh under the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Ruth replied, May I... Continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, since you've comforted me and you've reassured the heart of your servant, even though I'm not one of your servant girls. Now, at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here and, and sit down. And so Ruth came and sat with the harvesters. And Boaz gave her some roasted grain. And, and Ruth, she ate all that she wanted. And she, she had some left over. And when she got up to glean, Boaz said to his harvesters, Look, even if she gleans among the sheaves, don't rebuke her, but pull out some of the heads of grain and leave them for her to pick up, and don't reprimand her. Now Ruth uh, gathered grain in the field until evening. And when she threshed out what she had uh, gathered, she found that it came to about an ephah of barley. She brought it back with her, back into town, and she showed her mother-in-law, and uh, she gave her the, the rest of the food that she had after she had been satisfied. Now, Naomi, she said, Where did you gather grain today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man that took notice of you. And Ruth said to her, uh, The man in whose field I worked, was na his name was Boaz. And Naomi said, Blessed be he of Yahweh, because he has not stopped showing kindness to the living and the dead. That man is one of our kinsmen redeemers. And Ruth said to her, uh, and he also said to me, stay with the, the men that, uh, with my harvesters until all the harvest is completed. And Naomi said to her, it is good for you, my daughter, to work with the women that work for him, because in an, another field you might be harmed. And so Ruth 
gleaned uh, among the women of Boaz, and she lived with her mother-in-law until the end of the barley and wheat harvest had ended. Now, Naomi, her mother-in-law, she said to her, Shall I not seek rest for you, that it might go well with you? Is not Boaz one of our kinsmen redeemers? Tonight he is winnowing barley in the threshing floor. Therefore get yourself washed, anoint yourself with oil, get yourself dressed, and go to him at the threshing floor. But don't make yourself known to him until he's finished eating and drinking. Then mark the place where he lies, and then go uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. Ruth said, All that you say I will do. And so she went, and she did all that her, her mother-in-law had, um, had suggested. Now, Boaz, when he had finished eating and drinking, his heart was merry. And he lay down at the uh, edge of the grain pile. And Ruth came softly, and she uncovered his feet and lay down. Now, at the middle of the night... Something startled the man, and he woke up, and, he, uh, and he, behold, a woman was at his feet. And he said, Who are you? And she said, I am your servant, Ruth. Spread the wings of your garment over me, because you are a kinsman redeemer. Boaz said to her, Yahweh bless you, my daughter, because this kindness that you've shown is greater than that which you've shown earlier. Because you did not run after the, the younger men, whether rich or poor. And do not be afraid, my daughter, all that you ask for I will do. Because all the, the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. It is true that I'm near of kin, but there is one who is closer of kin than I. Wait here for the night. And in the morning, if he wants to redeem, good, let him redeem. But if he will not, as surely as Yahweh lives, I will do it. But wait here until morning. And so she slept at his feet until morning. But she got up before either of them could be recognized. And Boaz said to her, Let it not be known that a woman has come to the threshing floor. And he said to her, I'll bring out the, the coat that you're wearing and hold it out. And he measured out six measures of barley and he laid it on her. And then he went into town. Now, uh, Ruth, she came back to her mother-in-law who said to her, How did it go, my daughter? And she said, uh, she told her all the things that uh, he had done for her. And she showed her the six measures of barley, saying, uh, uh, oh, she said, he even gave me these six measures of barley, saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty. And Naomi said to her, sit here and wait, my daughter, because that, uh, until that matter is settled today, because that, matter, uh, that man will not rest until that matter is settled today. Now, Boaz had gone to the town gate, and he sat down uh, just as the kinsman redeemer he had spoken about was coming along. And so he said to him, Ah, come over here, uh, Mr. So-and-so, and uh, sit down. Uh, so he came over and sat down. And then Boaz went and took ten of the elders of the city and said, uh, Come over here and sit down. And so they came and did so. Then Boaz uh, said to the kinsman redeemer, uh, Naomi, who has come back from Moab, is selling the property that belonged to our brother Elimelech. Uh, I thought I should bring the matter to your attention before those seated here and before all the people and suggest that you buy it uh, because nobody has the right to redeem it except you and I am the next in line. Then the kins and redeemer said, 
well, I will redeem it. But Boaz said to him, well, on the day that you buy the land from Naomi, you also acquire Ruth, the Moabites, the dead man's widow, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. Now at this, the kinsman redeemer said, then I can't redeem it. It might endanger my own estate. Buy it yourself. I cannot. Now, it was customary in former times in Israel for the matter of the transfer and redemption of property uh, for one party uh, to take off his sandal and uh, give it to the other. Uh, This was the way of um, legalizing transactions in Israel. So the kinsman redeemer said, buy it yourself, and he took off his sandal. Boaz then said to all the people and to the elders, Today you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property belonging to Elimelech, Kilion, and Marlon. And I have also acquired Ruth, Marlon's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property, so that his name will not die out from his family or from the gate of his hometown. Today you are witnesses. And they said... We are witnesses. May Yahweh make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, whom together built up the house of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. And may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, through the children that Yahweh gives you through this young woman. So Boaz went and he took Ruth, And she became his wife. And he went into her. And Yahweh gave her conception. And she bore a son. And the the women of the town said to Naomi, Blessed be Yahweh, who this day has not left you without a kinsman and redeemer. May he sustain you and renew your life in your old age. Because your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Naomi then took the child and she put him in her lap and she cared for him. And the women said, Naomi has a son. And they gave him the name Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. This then is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, Boaz the father of Obed, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David. And that was the book of Ruth. Jeez, thanks. Uh, now, I was also uh, asked to give a, a short talk on Ruth. So in the, the next few minutes, we'll, uh, uh, I'll, uh, what I thought I'd do, just in the short time we have, is just to make a, a few brief observations about the three main characters, uh, Ruth, uh, Boaz, and Naomi. Well, um, I hope you enjoyed the story. Uh, uh, and please, like I said, go away and read it. Uh, we'll just look at these three characters just, just briefly. What do we learn from the character of Ruth? Uh, Surely she's a a woman to be greatly admired. Uh, She's obviously a woman of vast kindness and fierce loyalty. Uh, You saw that on the road leading back to to Judah. 
Uh, she has initiative when Naomi has lost all hope. Uh, uh, Ruth is the one that pulls things together and makes sure that they have uh, enough food to eat. Uh, she's a woman of impressive industry and work ethic, as the, the foreman of Boaz Harvesters saw. Uh, she's a woman of humility. She doesn't presume on Boaz's kindness and generosity. Uh, she's an amazing woman, and even the Jewish Bible of about a thousand years ago uh, would put the book of Ruth directly after the book of Proverbs. Uh, so you could read the, the last chapter of Proverbs, um, chapter 31, which takes it, talks about the woman of noble character, and then you could read the story of Ruth, uh, where Boaz uses the exact same phrase uh, about Ruth. Um, surely she's a, a great woman to admire and emulate, but of course she's lots more than that. Uh, she's a living example of the promise that God gave to Abraham in Genesis 12, uh, where God said uh, that, he, that he would bring blessing to all the peoples of the world through Abraham's descendants. See, Ruth was a foreigner, she was a widow, she was destitute, but she'd uh, connected herself, she'd attached herself to God's people, and so she'd attached herself to God himself. Like Boaz said, she'd come under God's wings to take refuge. Um, God was like a, a mother bird protecting her, her children by keeping her close under her wings. That's, a, that's like us, isn't it? Nearly all of us would be foreigners, I imagine, to God's uh, covenant people, Israel. But yet, like Ruth, we've thrown ourselves on God's mercy and compassion. We could never presume on God's mercy just as Ruth, Ruth couldn't. But because of the overflowing kindness of God, we've seen uh, received blessing and kindness as we, as we found refuge under God's protective wings. Uh, and uh, God's promise to Abraham saw its fulfillment in uh, Ruth's great-great-great-grandson. So after David, David uh, became the ultimate ancestor to the Lord Jesus Christ. And through his death and resurrection, uh, that's meant that people from every nation can today come and find blessing in the God of Israel. So if you're here today and you haven't done that, you haven't thrown yourself onto the mercy of God, uh, please come and do that today. He's good and loving, as you've seen in the story. He'll welcome you with open arms, just as he did for Ruth. So please take refuge under the loving and welcoming arms of God. Now, secondly, what do we learn from Boaz? Uh, he's, again, he's a, a wonderful man to look up to. Even the, the name Boaz means man of strength. Uh, he's a man whose whole life was centered on God. Uh, I think that's what we're supposed to see in the way the storyteller introduces Boaz. Um, it, for some reason, it talk, uh, he mentions how Boaz greets his harvesters. Uh, Yahweh bless you, he says. I think what we're supposed to see is here is a man who's on about God. Uh, you, you see it in his, Boaz's overwhelming generosity to Ruth and Naomi. Uh, you see it in the purity that he, the, that he treated Ruth with on the threshing floor. Boaz is an excellent example of godly biblical masculinity. Guys, do you think we would have done what Boaz did on the threshing floor? That was strength. That was godly and the manly thing to do, wasn't it? Uh, he was strong, he's selfless, and he treats women with honor and respect and gentleness. Uh, but again, Boaz is uh, more than just a godly example. Uh, he was in the story the very vehicle uh, for God's kindness as well. And that's the way Ruth saw it, uh, didn't she? When Ruth came, uh, what's the way Naomi saw it? When uh, Ruth came home the first day with, with all that grain, who does Naomi thank? God. This is a great story. Even though there aren't miracles and, and all that, uh, God's hand is just unmistakable. And Boaz in this story was the character that God used to bring about his blessing. Um, Boaz's generosity was God's generosity. Uh, do you want to know what the God of the universe is like? 
Look at the tender mercy and compassion he showed these women in this story through, uh, through Boaz. Boaz is, uh, as the redeemer in the story, he's the very picture of, of God, our redeemer, who, like Boaz, rescues us from out of devastation and shows us love and mercy. And he's the very picture of his um, great, great, great ancestor, uh, or great, great, great descendant, Jesus, uh, who is ultimately our redeemer because of his death and resurrection so that we could live with him forever. Finally, let me talk about Naomi. Uh, she gets a hard time from people, especially preachers today. Uh, but I've never suffered anywhere near what she has suffered. Uh, so I'm going to hold off on criticism. Um, her emotions are just so raw and real. Her despair is raw and honest. And that's real life. Uh, life is hard and downright awful and horrendous sometimes. Um, I, I'm, I'm new here. I, I've, I haven't been here before, but it, it, it sounds like there's a an awful situation with a, a woman called Naomi in, in a similar situation. Da- life is just awful and horrendous, and especially was for the Naomi in this story, and it may be for you today. Um, you might have not have lost your, your husband and children, but you might be suffering the same. What does Naomi's suffering show us? That even when we're despairing, even when we've lost all hope, even when we feel like God is acting bitterly towards us, If we're part of God's family, God is working for our good and glory. Through Naomi's ordeal, God was not only purposing the salvation of Ruth, but she was also giving Naomi a new family, a new grandson, and ultimately he brought about the coming of King David and Jesus Christ himself. Uh, If we could see the end from the beginning like God does, uh, we'd be able to make sense of it, but obviously we can't, at least for our own story. But we can for... Uh, Naomi's story here in this book and we can see that God is good so if you're going through suffering at the moment listen to Naomi's words after her eyes were opened again to God's goodness through Boaz's generosity she said Yahweh has not stopped showing kindness to the living and the dead so even if it doesn't look like it God is working for good read the stories in the Bible we see this truth time and time again read the story about how God worked ultimate good through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ Uh, We cannot see uh, through the ultimate suffering of Jesus on the cross. Uh, We cannot see the end of our stories, uh, but that's why we have the stories in the Bible, so that we can see what God is truly like and we can trust him with our whole lives. So let me pray for us and we'll finish. God, thanks that you're so kind to us. Thank you that like Ruth, we can come under your wings to take refuge. Thank you that you've shown us generosity and love and kindness through giving us Jesus. Please, God, help us to get through tough times now. And even though it may be hard to see your goodness in our circumstances, please open our eyes to see you as worthy of our trust and that you will be with us working for our good as we pull through. In Jesus' name, amen.